More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More, More to Life, Dignity Denied. Is someone disrespecting you? We want to help you discover how to respond gracefully. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical. Theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, the show is titled Dignity Denied, as we talk about those people in our life who consistently treat us disrespectfully in some way. I mean, you know, we all forget ourselves sometimes. We all have off days where we are being less than our best selves and, you know, we respond unkindly to somebody or someone is you know, disrespectful or rude to us. But then there are the people in our lives who make a habit out of it, who seem to always be ready to criticize, to be disrespectful or unkind in some way. And it can be hard to know how to deal with those folks, uh, especially if they're close to us, like our spouse or our kids, or really, you know, any relationship that we have to consistently deal with someone who is difficult to get along with, who is intentionally or habitually uh, disrespectful and rude. How do we deal with those people gracefully? Well, let's talk about that today on More to Life. The number is 877 573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. So are you in a relationship with someone who's treating you disrespectfully? Are they being cruel or unkind in some way? Have you tried to set limits, but the cruel words or disrespectful behaviors just continue whether it's your spouse or your kids or your parents or an extended relative or even a co-worker, let us help you discover grace-filled ways to get the respect you deserve as a child of God. Give us a call today on More to Life at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Of course, if you are listening to the More to Life podcast, you can always get your questions in via email. And that address is questions at moretoliferadio.com. That's with the number two, questions at moretoliferadio.com. But we love hearing your voice. So give us a call at 877-573-7825. If you are dealing with somebody who is consistently or habitually rude or disrespectful. And, you know, it can be especially difficult for Christians in these situations because, you know, on the one, uh, well, on the one hand, we have this kind of innate 
desire to kind of defend ourselves in the face of those sorts of behaviors. On the other hand, you know, we, we, we see in Scripture um, Jesus accepting the you know, cruel treatment from the Pharisees or from those who even set out to crucify him, you know. And so it's hard to know, you know, well, do we have the right to stand up for ourselves? When do we have that right? And the thing about our Lord's example is there were lots of times where he did stand up to the Pharisees, where he even called them, you know, vipers, uh, you know, and 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 really disarmed them when they were trying to trip him up or misinterpret his words on purpose. So, how do we make sense out of Jesus' example? Right. Well, when the Father asked him to do to to fulfill his mission and that mission you know required him to suffer it was a mission that only he could do and it required suffering it required subjecting himself to the abuse of others that was a specific call to do a specific work our lord submitted himself to that not because he was too weak to stand up to the people that were persecuting him but because his father asked him to submit to that for our sake so that he could fulfill his mission. And in a similar way, there are times where we are called to bear wrongs patiently. But there are also other times where we're called to admonish the sinner. And what's the difference? Well, you know, there are times when working for the good of a person, you know, for example, somebody who, generally speaking, tries really hard to be good and kind and loving and appropriate, and that person has a bad day. Well, if we know that person's going to self-correct if we give them a little space, then that's the more loving thing to do. We, we work for their good by not jumping all over them and making their, them feel even worse than they already do for what they've done. But then there are people who habitually respond disrespectfully, who are unkind, who are uh, just critical as a matter of, of, of habit, uh, and they don't even necessarily realize there's anything wrong with doing that. And we see that that consistent behavior undermines their dignity and is offensive to ours. And in those situations, we need to remind that person that they're better than that, that we deserve better than that from them, and that they deserve to be better than their being. Because in all cases, the goal here in trying to decide what response to make is calling the other person to be everything God created them to be. And, you know, if somebody is already trying to do that, giving them a little space is the most loving way to do that. If somebody isn't consistently trying to do that, then admonishing them to do better is the way to do that. So it all comes down to submitting ourselves to that call to love, that which is the mission the Father has given all of us, to work for the good of the other person, and to know in this moment which way is best to do that, either by letting it go, and letting them have the opportunity to self-correct, or recognizing that they don't have that ability for some reason, <laughs> and bringing it lovingly and charitably to their attention. So that's what we're talking about today on More to Life, how to respond gracefully to those people who consistently and habitually treat you disrespectfully and unkindly with, with cruel words or, or, or disrespectful actions, whether it's your spouse, your kids, your parents, an extended family member, or so, a co-worker, or anyone else in your life. Let's talk about how to gracefully respond to those disrespectful people you have to contend with. 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. And of course, if you discern 
that you are supposed to bring it to their attention and deal with them, how do you do it? How do you do it effectively and in a way that makes you feel strong and actually delivers the message without you feeling cowed or like you have to apologize for yourself, which can so often happen when people treat us disrespectfully. So let's help you step out in grace today, fix some of those relationships that might be treating you in a way that's beneath your God-given dignity. Give us a call today on More to Life at 877-573-7825. That's 877 877- Five seven three seventy eight twenty five. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. And if you're not sure what that is, uh, when St. John Paul was Pope, he gave a series of reflections over the course of about five years that uh, showed us how, by prayerfully reflecting on God's design and creation, we can discover his plan for living a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships. The theology of the body reminds us that because we are created in the image and likeness of God, we have a right to expect to be loved and respected by each other. In his book, Love and Responsibility, St. John Paul describes what he called the personalistic norm. That's the term he used to assert the idea that every human being has a right to be treated like a person not a thing. Each person has a God-given right to be loved and respected no matter what. In fact, the reason that we feel shocked when we're treated poorly is that God built into each person a sense of this dignity that belongs to us. He gave each gave it to each of us as his gift. And when we appropriately stand up for ourselves, we aren't being selfish. We are protecting the gift God gave us in the form of the dignity we are owed as his sons and daughters. Well, that's right. And when we're treated in the manner that offends our dignity as persons, we have a God-given right to address that offense. As long as we remember that the person who offended us also has a right to be treated like a person too, you know. To pull this off, we need to have an understanding of the difference between setting boundaries and being defensive. You know, when we're defensive, we forget that the offender is a person. We get our back up and we lash out. How dare you do that to me, you jerk? You know, mm. It's an understandable but inappropriate reaction. Setting a graceful boundary in the face of disrespect means not tolerating the disrespect while also not taking it personally. And instead of lashing out, we can say something like, look, I can tell you're frustrated, but please don't treat me like your enemy. How can we deal with this together? And that's a beginning suggestion, but... Sometimes it doesn't go that easily. So let's talk about your situation. If you feel like you're in a relationship with somebody who habitually and consistently treats you with disrespect, is cruel or unkind to you in some way, and you're really not sure how to deal with it, let's talk it out. 877-573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord. We'll start taking your calls in the name of the the Father, Father, the the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come into your presence and we bring to you those people who do habitually and consistently treat us disrespectfully. Help us to know how to respond to them in ways that protect our dignity as children of God, but also respect their dignity as sons and, as your sons and daughters. We ask you to help us to respond in graceful ways that remind them of our dignity and invite them to be the people that you are calling them to be as well. Help us to know when to let something go and when to speak up and how, when we need to speak up, to do so charitably 
and effectively. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and in the name, in the name of the, of the Father, Father, the, the Son, Son, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, we are taking your calls about those people who treat you with disrespect. How do you respond gracefully in those situations? 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Iris, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Indiana. Hello, Iris. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Yeah, hi. Thank you for receiving my call. (laughs) Sure. I was like, um, this topic is really nice because um actually i have to struggle with my mom you know fighting over things you know and Mm -hmm. it was kind of funny because actually (laughs) sorry um it's true i mean it's really hard to you know um hard to respond you know um towards her because um She's being, you know, disrespectful towards me. And she's Can you so give me an example of what you mean? Give me an example um, of the situation. What would she say to you? Or, the, or, or the, you know, what were the circumstances of this? Uh, the thing is, she's always um, saying bad things about me. And she never, I mean, towards, you know, my... Um, brother or sister like um always step back cheap and last time yeah. I confront her and telling her why do you have to have opinions you actually she doesn't know much English but I'm just telling you guys about you know um mm-hmm. in English you know real no I understand Sure sure, 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 but arguing whatever language you're arguing in is still, you know, disrespectful and arguing. And, and one of the things that it says here on the board that you told our, told our call screener, that it seems to be rubbing off on you, you're doing the same thing, you don't want to have that same attitude of, of disrespect and argumentativeness that your mom has kind of constantly shown you in your life. And that's a really important thing to remember, both as a woman of God that you don't want to take on disrespectful traits just because you were raised in that. You want to actively work against that. And in a response to somebody, even your mom, who is treating you disrespectfully, that you really have to be very intentional about how you're forming yourself and how you're behaving towards others. So, you know, Iris, um, and this is for you and for other listeners who you know have tried to say to somebody, uh, especially somebody close to them, like you know your mom in this case, um, that that their behavior is hurtful. Um, when words don't work, more words won't work better. What you have to do in that situation is ask yourself, what boundaries do I need to set? Now, boundaries don't mean necessarily cutting somebody out of your life. Uh, that 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 might it, it might sometimes end up that way. But but we prefer not to cut people out when we can avoid it, because of course. You know, our destiny in Christ is to be united with God and everybody else uh, who goes to heaven, right? And hopefully your mom will be there and you'll spend eternity with her. And and so we don't want to cut people off. We want to try to figure out how we can make those relationships work as best as possible in this life. And so the, you know, what that means for you is asking yourself, where can I be around my mom? Uh, and in what contexts can I, be, can I be around my mom? Or what conversations can I have with my mom that don't bring out the worst in her and 
don't make me have to spend the rest of my day putting myself back together again. Right. So that might mean, well, gosh, you know, I, I have to limit myself to one 15 minute call a week just to check in and see how she's doing. Or that might mean, well, you know, my mom tends to behave herself when other people are around so I can get together with her as long as other people are there. Or, you know, she tends to behave herself when we go out to a restaurant, but not so much whenever I visit her at home. So you look at those situations where she tends to behave herself well enough, not perfectly, but well enough that you can handle it and, um, you know, not have to spend the rest of the day trying to calm down and sort things out. So, um, you know, and then you kind of limit the relationship to those interactions. And then when your mom says, well, how come you won't come into the house? Or how come you don't call me more often than once a week? Or how you say, I would love to, mom, but here's the problem, right? And if you're willing to work on that with me and, and or, or respect that, 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 that your behavior is hurtful and knock it off, then, then I would love to have more to do with you at that point. So you're leaving, you're using boundaries to invite your mother to a healthier relationship with you. And I think the other thing that I'd really encourage you to do is to spend some time in prayer contemplating, Lord, when, two things, Lord, what, how do you want me to behave? behave as your daughter, as a woman of God. I've been raised in this situation where it's constantly, you know, an argumentative, negative place. I believe the Holy Spirit is telling me that I should be different from this. Help me to see the behaviors you want me to put in place instead. Lead me to things that will help me learn those behaviors so that I can be more of a representative of you than I am of my mom and her disrespectful attitude. Because you're going to have to be very conscious about developing those traits, writing them down, practicing them, even when you're away from her, not just in the heat of the moment. All right, well, thank you for the call. If there's more we can do for you, don't hesitate to reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com. And with that, we have to go to break. But when we come back, we are continuing to take your calls about dignity on our show titled Dignity Denied. Is someone you are in relationship with in some way treating you habitually, disrespectfully and cruelly or unkindly. Give us a call. Let's talk about graceful ways to respond to those people and so that you can have your peace and maybe heal the relationship. 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue in just a minute. Hi, this is brother John Bosco Mills. In our world, there are so many words and so many images and they all have different messages and they're giving us different messages. We need Catholic Radio because we need to hear the voice of truth. And the voice of truth is the one that tells us about Jesus and his church. And the Catholic Radio gives us that truth. The world needs EWTN Catholic Radio, now more than ever. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. 
We are the pro-life generation, passionate about building the culture of life in our health care and in our nation. But not all health care options are equally pro-life, and some provide morally objectionable procedures. CMF Curo is different. CMF Curo is a pro-life Catholic health care ministry, providing a pathway for its members to build the culture of life in their health care choices, not destroy it. Learn more about CMF Curo at MyCatholicHealthCare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today on More to Life, Dignity Denied. Is someone you're in a relationship with treating you disrespectfully, cruelly, unkindly? Give us a call at 877-573-7825. We'll help you respond with grace. Who's up next, Lisa? We're talking now with Karen, who's listening to EWTN Radio in New Mexico. Hi, Karen. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Hi. Um, sorry. You'll have to please bear with me. I'm really nervous. I've never really call it, called in. Oh, that's but no problem. Deep breath, and we'll just go right through it. What can uh, we help you with today? Well, I'm seeking a little bit of advice uh, on how to respond to my brother. We were both um, born and raised in Catholicism. He, he um, went, uh, well, both of us, you know, went in, we had, needless to say, that's a big story. But um, now I've returned to the church as of 2018, and um, I've received a lot of criticism on his part. Uh, about going back and and so I'm struggling to find a, a balance I don't know I'm pretty prone to anger and fits of anger so I, I have uh, to find a balance there to try to deal with sometimes his um, heckling I would say is what he does yeah and Karen, let me ask you. I mean, it's a, did he did he did he convert to Protestantism or something, or is is he just critical of the Catholic Church in general? And yes, kind of what's, he, what's yeah, yes, he did convert. He was mm-hmm. became born again Christian. Um, okay, a long time ago, and so a long uh, time ago. And I have one more question about this, Karen, because obviously he's attacking something that's very precious to you, and that's your conversion to Catholicism. Does he treat you respectfully in other ways, or does he pick on you for other things as well? Um, just my my going to the church. And That's it. Everything else, he completely yeah. treats you with dignity, cares about you, all of that. Yes, yes. It's just okay. a, a theological discussion that he uh, okay. heckles me. Okay. Um, so, so I, you know, if, if since that's the case, that that's good news uh, because you know there are lots of times where um, religion becomes the flashpoint issue, or but but it's just a symptom of a larger problem of disrespect that runs through the whole relationship. So I'm glad to hear you say that that in general he can be kind and respectful and caring to you. Uh, it's just this issue that that gives him problems. Uh, I would say so. So in terms of your own anger, okay, the the most important thing you can do is anticipate the problem, right? We tend to get angry when we're surprised by something and when we're shocked that it happened again. 
Um, even if it happened yesterday and the day before and the day before that, we're like, son of a gun, I, I, I didn't see it coming. Oh. <laughs> you know? And then we're, because we're caught off guard and we're upset that they would do it again, uh, then, then that's where the anger tends to come from. So the more prepared you are for these comments, the better. I would suggest that you maybe write down the last, you know, half dozen, dozen thing, interactions you've had with him. Just write down the things that he's said that have triggered you. And I'd like you to write down your alternative response. You can pray about this. My, I'm going to suggest a response to you, though. Uh, and it's this. And, and, and I think that, that you want to you kind of commit this to memory and just, you know, when he says the thing, push the button and play this recording, right? And then use it as a broken record, if you will, where you say, you know, I, I would be happy if you'd, if you'd really like to understand what the church teaches about things and, and what it all means to me, I would be happy to sit down with you and have a co- respectful conversation about that. But if you're just going to attack me and you're not interested in understanding, then let's change the subject because our relationship is too important to let it be d- destroyed by these really disrespectful conversations. And you leave it. And if he if he presses again, say yes, I understand that you feel that way. But it's clear to me that you're not interested in really hearing and learning what the church actually teaches. So there's no point in having this conversation. And and there's so much more to our relationship than this. Let's change the subject. Right, and, you, and so you, I want you to write that down, and then before you see him the next time, I want you to drag out this list, and I want you to review the last, you know, half dozen, dozen comments he's made that have really pushed your button, and I want you to read back to yourself the response I just gave you, and if, you know, for the sake of, of time, I can't repeat it, but, but if you want to download the podcast later today, you can play it over again and write down what I said, and then just commit it to memory. Um, because what you're doing there is you're setting a boundary where you're inviting him that if he'd really like to have a respectful conversation with you and learn what the church is actually teaching, and that doesn't mean he has to agree with you, but, but to respectfully receive that, then great. You'd be happy to discuss that with him. But if he's just going to use religion as a club to beat you with, you don't need to subject yourself to that. And it would be best to remind him that there's so much more to your relationship than the, these religious differences. Um, and, and to focus on that. And, and for folks who are saying, well, how does she evangelize him? Well, that's how she evangelizes him. You know, she evangelizes him by setting very clear boundaries around a conversation that won't bear any fruit ever under any circumstances, and then focuses on building up relationship with him. Because people aren't converted because of big arguments. They're converted because of the love that they experience through us. And if she can help her brother get off the, the tendency to beat her over the head with his religious doubts, Uh, and focus instead on building the relationship. That's how he's going to experience the love of the Holy Spirit flowing through her, which will be the best way to invite him to open up his heart to what she believes as a Catholic. Karen, thank you so much for the call. Thanks for for, uh, overcoming that fear of calling in and reaching out to us. I hope that you were able to get some good tips for how to deal with him. Write those things down, commit it to memory, and just use it as a broken record because he's not really asking honest questions. He's just antagonizing you. We're taking your calls about Dignity Denied today on More to Life, 877-573-7825. Stick around. Back in a minute. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. I often have people ask me, aren't you scared when you talk about the issues such as abortion or uh, all the different ideologies, especially the gender ideology? I say, I'm scared of what I don't say if I'm not using this platform that God gave me wisely and well. If I'm not sharing information with people, if I'm not sharing the truth of the Catholic faith, I'm going to be held accountable, as is any one of us who has a platform. And we all have a platform. The sizes and the extent are different. But every single person, especially if you have a computer and if you have a Facebook page or a Twitter account, you have a platform. 
And so we're all responsible to evangelize. And we make be fearful, but we move through that fear with trust that God is with us. He tells us he will give us the words. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. We just did our parish mission a couple weeks ago now, and I suggested that in the course of the mission that we do something like a, a little mini spiritual assessment of our lives. I don't have to show this to anybody, but a great chance for us just to, with real honesty, just between us and Jesus, ask ourselves some questions. First question, given the fact that half of Catholics don't think God is even personal, would be to ask ourselves that. Do I think God is personal? And then to ask myself, do I think a relationship with Jesus is possible? Do I have a relationship with Jesus? And if so, what's it look like? And then perhaps a little bit more awkwardly or painfully to ask Jesus from his perspective, what's the friendship that we have with him look like? How would he describe our friendship with him? That might be a hard conversation to have. Hi, I'm Lisa Popcheck. We parents are only human, and that's a good thing. But it also means that sometimes we say and do things around our family that we wish we hadn't. When that happens, have you ever considered apologizing to your child or spouse? It doesn't have to be a big deal. You can say something like, you know, I can tell I really hurt you when I yelled at you earlier today. I'm sorry. Can you forgive me? Some parents worry that apologizing might undermine their authority. But for Christians, true authority isn't about power and control. Rather, it flows from trusting, healthy relationships. Asking forgiveness helps to build that good kind of authority. It shows our kids that our relationship with them is based on love, truth, and generosity. Most importantly, it shows that God is the ultimate authority in our home, When God rules our lives, we don't need to constantly project some false image of our own perfection. We can admit our mistakes because our identity and worth are rooted in our inherent dignity as God's beloved children, a dignity that doesn't depend on our perfection, but rather on God's limitless love for us. To get more help and resources, visit catholiccounselors.com. Welcome back, folks. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, Dignity Denied. Is someone treating you disrespectfully? Are you in a relationship with somebody who is being cruel or unkind in some way? Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Let us help you find graceful ways to respond to those disrespectful people in your life, no matter who they are. Before we go to our next caller, we want to send out congratulations to a longtime member of the EWTN radio family. Sacred Heart Radio of the Northwest is celebrating 23 years with us. They're now on 12 AM and FM stations covering Washington State and Kodiak, Alaska. 
Hey, congratulations to Ron Belter and his great team at Sacred Heart Radio. From all of us here at EWTN, and remember, folks, wherever you're tuning in, make sure you support your local EWTN radio station with your prayers, certainly, but yes, with your dollars, too, so that we can keep EWTN radio going strong for decades to come and keep supporting you in living a more faithful and abundant life. Congratulations again, Ron Belter and all the folks at Sacred Heart Radio. Let's talk now with Maria, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Dallas, Texas, on Guadalupe Radio. Hi, Maria. Welcome to More to Life. How can we help you out? Good morning. Yes, uh, I'm glad you brought this subject up because I've been struggling with this for a long, long time. I've um, been to help. I've been to counseling. But it seems to the counseling got to the point to where now uh, this person, my granddaughter, who's going to be 20 in February, is going to have to meet with the um, Adult Protective Services because she is rude, she's ugly, she de- she says we're stupid, we we don't know anything, but then, then she thinks that we are supposed to cater to her because... Excuse me, so I just want to clarify one thing. You said adult protective services. So so somebody called social services and said that she was being abusive to you? Yes. I want to say it was an error, but I went to counseling and I, I talked about it so I could feel better about it. And, and so the counselor reported her? Yes. So now okay. it's like... Thank mm-hmm. Now it's like uh, police did come by, arrested her. Um, been one day in jail, and now she's out, and it's worse. It's worse, okay. and what my husband and I did was we had to leave out of town to be, to feel safe, to feel like, uh, I don't think she's ever going to hurt us, but still, she's very verbally abusive. We're stupid. Yeah. We're ignorant. We don't know and it, anything. And Maria, it says that you and your husband have talked about evicting her, but you've never pulled the trigger. So how can we help you? What's your question for us today? Well, the question is that when she was in sixth grade, she had a seizure. And we walked, we lived with her for two years, uh, worked with her for two years, taking medication and so forth. Well, this past mm-hmm. weekend, she went on vacation with her stepdad, and she had another seizure. So my husband and I were up, okay, we haven't told her that, but we're discussing it. How are we going to evict her if she's going to start having seizures and live by herself? And, well, um, I mean, so, so, so here's what I would suggest I to know. you. I, I, I would say this, all right? Um, I, you know, I, I used to do home health and hospice work. Um, and, you know, one of the things that, that would often come up in my counseling people who especially had children who had with a terminal illness uh, or with a chronic illness, they would say, you know, how can I discipline this kid when they're already suffering so much? Um, and, you know, what I said, well, obviously you, you want to be compassionate and let's talk about compassionate ways to correct, you know, inappropriate behavior with your your either chronically or terminally ill child Uh, and the parents who followed up on that um you know they they that their children even though they were sick even though in some cases they were dying um it was very heartbreaking um the parents who continued to use charitable and kind approaches to discipline helped their kids manage their suffering in ways that were healthy that enabled them to be kind and appropriate, that that enabled them to be uh, kind of a, a delight to take care of and to be there for. These were the kids that the nurses loved to go see because they were, they really worked hard to try to be polite and kind in spite of the suffering they were experiencing. And Whereas the other parents who couldn't bring themselves to discipline their kids who were 
dealing with an illness, those kids became monsters. Uh, and it destroyed not just their bodies, but their souls. And you're dealing with a similar situation here. Regardless of what your daughter, uh, your granddaughter, excuse me, is, is facing medically, um, she has a responsibility to be her best self, at least not be abusive to you. And, you know, you're going to, you're saying, you know, we've talked about evicting her. I, I'm not saying that you need to just come right out and say, we're evicting you. I, w- I, I think it's okay to say, listen, um, you can you you could be here if you can be appropriate. If you could be getting counseling and help for your anger. If you could be doing the things you need to do. Otherwise, you're gone because I love you too much to let you stay here, and I love you too much to continue to be an occasion of sin for you. You know, as Catholics, we're called to not just resist sin, but also near occasions of sin. And if I can't, if my being around you brings out the worst in you, and my attempts to try to address that with you have failed, the most loving thing I can do is to withdraw from your presence so I can stop being a temptation to, to you to be your worst. And here's the thing, truly. Like, she was with her stepdad on vacation. There are other people in her life who can help her. You went to a counselor, and the counselor saw enough danger in this situation for you. This isn't just a young adult who's being obnoxious. This is a young adult who's treating you in an abusive enough way that the police took her away. That's your wake-up call, Maria. I'm glad you, you don't feel like you're care of yourself. I'm glad you, you don't feel like you're physically boundaries. in danger. But I, but I, but you, but Lisa's absolutely right. It's it's an unhealthy situation. Very unhealthy situation. Unhealthy for all of you, and you must remember if you love her and caring for care for her, unhealthy for her. How is she ever? going to hold down an adult relationship, whether that's a romantic relationship, a marriage, a a job relationship, or please, Jesus, she gets this straight before she raises children. Do you want your great-grandchildren treated the way she is treating you? So standing up for yourself, drawing serious boundaries here, and letting her go, if she has, if she's living with you, But she's out with her friends, with her stepfather, at the grocery store, wherever, and has a seizure. You can't control that. You're giving yourself excuses, making yourself think that you're working for her best good, when really you just don't want to stand up to her, whether it's because you're frightened of her or because you're getting something out of the relationship, but it's harming her and it's harming you, Maria. So please take the steps that Greg is talking about. All right, Maria, please continue working with that counselor. I, 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 didn't, I don't have time to follow up on that piece of it, but sometimes when a counselor reports a, a beloved family member to either Children Protective Services or Adult Protective Services, that, that becomes a breaking point in that counseling relationship. The therapist is the right thing. So I hope that you'll continue working with your counselor to know how to set these boundaries. But the most loving thing you can do for your granddaughter is to set those boundaries, because to love somebody means to work for their good, not to allow them to continue to be their worst selves. Thank you for the call, Maria. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. As we head out to our break, it's time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. This verse is so important to the topic we're discussing today because, you know, we often feel guilty setting boundaries with people because, you know, who are we, right? You know, I should be humble. I should just accept whatever treatment people give me. But our dignity isn't rooted in our own self-esteem. 
our dignity is rooted in the fact that we are made in God's image and likeness. Uh, and so we, when we stand up and set appropriate boundaries, we not only remind others that we are children of God, but we remind them that they're children of God and that they deserve to treat to behave better. Yeah. They're, that they're better than to this. Raise their own behavior up and act, act in a dignified way that allows them to have the skills they need to function in the world, to treat other people with dignity and receive the same back because of the inspiration of their behavior towards others. It works for their good and it works for the good for everybody they interact with, not just you. So don't ever think, well, maybe they'll treat me better if I earn it. No, you don't have to earn it. You are a son or daughter of God created in his image and you are due that respect and no, dignity. And that's why it's important to respond to disrespect in a respectful way. Uh, because if you just lash out, then you're not affirming that other person's dignity. You're not inviting them to be their best selves. You're just you're just tearing them down. That's right. And then they respond by tearing you down. But if you were going to respond the way we've been talking about through the program, where you charitably set boundaries, then you are not only standing up for your dignity, in a dignified way, but you're inviting the other person, the person who's behaving disrespectfully, to be better. And that's what we're all called to do, to challenge each other to be our best selves. With that, we've got to go to break. When we come back, we're continuing to take your calls about dignity denied. If someone you're in a relationship with is treating you disrespectfully, being cruel or unkind in some way, if you've tried to set limits with them, but the behavior still continues, we want to help you find grace-filled ways to get the respect you deserve as a child of God. Give us a call. The number is 877-573-7825. Stick around for more. More to life after the break. The Catholic Feedback Podcast connects the eternal truths of the faith to everyday life and how to apply the Catholic faith in a down-to-earth and impactful manner. You can hear Catholic Feedback as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates around the world, all in one place, all free at EWTN Podcast Central. Visit EWTN.com slash radio and click Podcast Central today. When and how did Jesus allow some of his apostles to see him in his glory? After entrusting to Peter the keys to govern the house of God, the church, the Lord began to reveal to his followers that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things, including death, but that on the third day he would be raised from that death. It is during this period, according to the Catholic Catechism, that he takes Peter, James, and John up on a high mountain and there unveils his divine glory for a very brief time. His clothing... His face become dazzling with light. He also reveals he must go by way of the cross in Jerusalem to enter his glory. All the Trinity is present for the transfiguration. The Father in the voice declaring Jesus to be his beloved Son. The Son in Jesus. The Spirit in the cloud that covers Jesus. The transfiguration gives us a window on Jesus' glorious coming and our own transformation from a lowly body to a glorious body like his. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com 
Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. We're so glad to be with you today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today's show is titled Dignity Denied, as we talk about those people in our lives who are being disrespectful, cruel, or unkind in some way. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Andrea, who's listening to EWTN Radio and San Antonio on Guadalupe Radio. Hi, Andrea. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Hi. Um, so, I I had to talk to your call screener for a second because I wanted to make sure that the show was exactly about what I thought it was, but I, I heard correctly. <laughs> okay. So, um, so my, my husband and I took a trip over Christmas to go see his family in Arkansas. And him and I had like a little hiccup in our marriage. We separated for a week. And it kind of surrounded around like a misunderstanding. One of our children got hurt. I had to take him to the hospital. It kind of blew up into this thing where CPS got called. And I finally got his side of the story. And because at the time the incident happened, I wasn't there. And so I went to go take my son to get checked out and everything thankfully was fine. Well, anyway, him and I separated for a week surrounding that. We reconciled, we got back together, and we've actively been working in our marriage to communicate better, understand each other. He's been taking parenting classes with a parenting educator, and so have I. And our family dynamic has changed. We pray together as a family, we pray together as a couple now, and it's totally different. Well, we went to go see them on Christmas, and my in-laws were very standoffish on Christmas, um, didn't really acknowledge me they didn't really want to talk to me and my my husband wanted to get to the bottom of it so he called my father-in-law and he told me to mute my phone and he three-wayed me because he's like well you know if I have to call on you I can tell him like hey she's on the line if you have anything you want to say to her say it well anyway my father-in-law had kind of revealed you know well we know what happened you told us what happened with her and you separated and you know, kind of to the effect of, well, you know, to hell with her. You know, we, we don't really care for her. They don't they don't really want us to be married anymore. Um, they don't really agree with our marriage or the way we parent our children. And so my husband is kind of between a rock and a hard place. He feels like, he, for a while there, he felt like he had to choose between me or his family. And for me, after hearing all of that, um, I don't really need their respect but I would appreciate it being their daughter-in-law. And I know my, my husband and I have been married for like five years already. And it's kind of like we have four children. It's like, well, if you had a problem with it, you should have said something at the beginning before we got married. So um, that's kind of so what's right now. Sure. So, so what would, what, I guess, what would you like to have happen or what's your question for us? What, what are you trying to work toward at this point and how can we help you? Well, I really see that it's taking a toll on my husband and it's been really hard to watch him um, just struggle with it, you know, and um, all, all I can do is, is pray over him and pray for him and we pray together. That's wonderful. 
But I know he's really been just procrastinating, you know, talking to his family about it. And, you know, I I know he wants to go see his family on the holidays, but it's difficult because, you know, if they're going to be ugly, you know, he he almost feels like he's like, well, I don't need that either. But, you know, I can I, I ask you when you say they're ugly, were, were they just kind of giving you the cold shoulder, which is bad enough? Or, or, or were they actually being antagonistic and abusive toward you? Um, most of the time, my brother-in-law is very antagonistic, but I don't ever react because, you know, I, I know he has his own mm-hmm. problems and I recognize that and I know it has nothing to do with me, but I know my, okay. my, my mother and father-in-law, they're very passive aggressive. And so they don't ever tell me how they feel directly because I'm very direct with them. I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. let things fester. I want to talk about this now. Like I want to resolve this and they're not those people. And I understand that. Okay. So things have to be dealt with like little bits at a time, like, you know, grain of salt, mm-hmm. but how passive aggressively that they're just bombarding us with everything all at once is not really fair to me. And it's not really fair to my husband. And no, I, I've kind no, of but you, you may not him, like, you don't have to choose, you know, I mean, you kind of already chose me when you married me, you right. know, it's at this point, it's, it's kind of like kind of laying the boundaries, like, Right. Well, and and so so let's look at that. Yeah. Well, let's look at that. I mean, so so, um, it's yeah. I mean, this is a painful situation, right? And and to some degree, he is being forced to choose not just between you and him, uh, you and them rather, but himself, you know, and his best self, right? You know, his his like you said, there was this blow up where something happened that you know, needed to be addressed. And you addressed it. You did what the sacrament of marriage is meant to do. Uh, you called him on to be a better man, and he responded well, right? And and he, you guys are taking parenting classes, and you're working on your relationship, and you're making changes. And rather than supporting that, his family is in some ways undermining, you know, his efforts to make change and for the two of you to grow together. They're, they're coming against your marriage. So, you know, he's not just being asked to choose between you and them. He's asked be, to be... To, to to choose between the man he wants to be and the man that they want to keep him as, right? Now, I'm not saying that he has to cut them out of his life, um, but what I am saying is that it's going to come to a point where, where you guys need to kind of look at that question. How much can you be around them and still do the work you're doing on your marriage? How much can he be around them and still do the work he's doing on himself? So th- this isn't, you know, it, it would be a little bit different if they were being outwardly antagonistic or abusive to you and, you know, it wasn't safe to be around them or it was, and when I say safe, I don't just mean physically, I mean even emotionally. You know, we're visiting them, you know, tore you up inside and you had to spend, you know, days putting yourself back together again. But if it's, you know, it's just, it's inconvenient, they're frustrating, but it sounds like you're strong enough to handle it. So that's not really the issue. It's, it's more a question of of how much does their passive aggressive behavior undermine or make it harder for you know your husband to do the work that he's doing and, and be confident in that and for the two of you to do the work that you're doing on your marriage um so i would say you know the question you guys need to be praying about and good for you for praying through this together absolutely the best thing you can be doing um the thing you need to be praying about is how much time can we be around them and to what and, and in what context could we be around them or how much can, interaction can we have with them that that we don't feel that our work, that his work on himself or our work on our marriage is being undermined in some way or jeopardized in some way. And then you limit your relationship to that, right? So, you know, if you say, well, you know, it's really hard to be there for days at a time. So, you know, we might have to visit for a day, 
you know, a couple of days after Christmas. Or if they or, live close and you could spend just Christmas Day with them, but you've always done the full dinner and the dessert and the whole nine yards, you can say, look, guys, because of the kids, we're just coming for dessert this year because we really need that time at home with our kids for their Christmas. So we'll see you at dessert time. You know, that shortens it down to like an hour, hour and a half, and then you can get out. Or maybe they like him to call every day, but that's just, you know, it's just too difficult to deal with him that way. So you limit it to one call a week, right? You have to decide how much time you can spend with them, in what contexts you can be around them, and what topics you can discuss with them that don't undermine the progress you're trying to make. That's what it's really about. Not between him choosing between you and them, but you guys choosing the growth that God is calling you to and what you need to do to protect that growth in your own lives and together. Now, one of the topics I would like to see the two of you praying about together, because I think it would be really beneficial, is asking God you know, how, how he could verbalize this concern to his parents and if he should be. Because I understand passive-aggressive is a difficult wall to get through. But if he could call them and say, you know, guys, I really love you and I really appreciate that you're, you know, feeling the, all these ways because of everything that we've gone through. But we're really working on this. We're praying together. I'm taking parenting classes. We're really improving our family. And I'm proud of who I'm becoming. And I'm proud of who we're becoming. Right. I'm proud of what we're doing. And it would be great if you would support that work by being kind and loving and encouraging instead of, you know, going back to that history that we're trying to learn from. And we'd appreciate support in that. If if you can't do that for us, we'll hang back a little bit so we can continue that. Yeah, because I mean, they might criticism. they might have the impression that you browbeat him into this, and so they're resenting. Well, who knows? Something. Who knows? But but if he could directly say to them, "Look, guys, I'm proud of the changes that we made, and I'm grateful." to Andrea for calling me on to be a better man, and I would really love it if you guys could get behind that. You know, it, it, maybe that would give, give them the chance to kind of come around and stop being this way. So I, I would encourage you to, to find the words to, you know, for him to communicate for that. For him to, to communicate and really be praying about that. And no, not threatening, if you don't back us up, we're leaving. But just we'll need to stay, take a little bit of a step back because we're really committed to working on this and helping each other be the best people that we can be and have the best family we can be. And what so you guys Love doing, it if you could support yeah, and that what you guys are doing are kind of undermining that. Yeah. So you know, I I don't want to have to cut back on our visits, but but if you if we feel undermined every time we come around you, we we just can't be around that much anymore. So and we'll take a lot of time to just kind of work on that and get ourselves together, so we're strong enough to be around you, even if you're still feeling angry or resentful. So that's the direction to head in, uh, and and I'm sorry that you guys have been put in this position, but but you know, try to reframe this for your husband, and in fact, you know, download the podcast and listen to it together, and and uh, discuss this call because. And pray about the topics we're talking about here, because it's great that you're praying together. Yeah, because this this really, again, is not a, a choice between you and them. It's a choice between becoming the him becoming the man, the, the husband and father that God's calling him to be, you guys becoming the couple that God is calling you to be, and only wanting to be around those influences that support you in being that, instead of dragging you back down. So give them a chance, uh, give, give them a chance to kind of understand what's really going on. But if they don't respond well to that, then you don't need to get their permission to tra- change the nature of the relationship. You just need those boundaries so that you guys don't get undermined. Andrea, God bless you both for the hard work that you're doing, for responding to the grace of the Holy Spirit and this call to conversion in your lives. Thank you so much for your courage. And that's all the time we've got for today's program, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you are looking for ways to protect your dignity in your relationship with your spouse, your kids, extended family, 
Don't hesitate to reach out to us at CatholicCounselors.com. Pick up a copy of our book, God Help Me, These People Are Driving Me Nuts, Making Peace with Difficult People. It's a book all about setting healthy boundaries. Or learn more about the Pastoral Solutions Institute's pastoral telecounseling practice where you can work with a faithful, professional Catholic counselor to help you transform your marriage, family, personal life in the light of God's grace. Check it out, CatholicCounselors.com. Get out there and celebrate the life God has for you. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchuk. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.